0: Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammons, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? All right. Let's open our Bible. Let's see. We'll be going to Psalms 30 here before very long. And today we're going to be talking about revival. Oh, revival! Doesn't that conjure up some things? You know, I was born Southern Baptist. Okay, I'm. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, revival to me meant that you were going to spend a week every evening at church with some preacher from somewhere else preaching, trying to get you saved, and it was going to be a salvation message every night. And you were going to one of those nights, you were going to have potluck. And uh, you know, and uh, there would be. A, I was raised in a rather small community in northeast Texas, a little community of Sims, Texas. There were probably about 200 people there when I was uh, being raised, and I went to First Baptist Church in Sims, Texas, and uh, um, about probably 50 people going there up on Highway 67. I lived down on a dirt road behind the school. And I'd have to walk up to go to church. But, you know, that was the only thing to do in the summertime, you know. There wasn't nothing much else to do. You all know the reason I went to church. I've told you before. I went to church because a friend of mine named Donald Glenn McDonald, he would steal tobacco from his daddy, and I'd get to chew it. There were only three of us boys get to go to church. I'd get me a chew tobacco if I go to church. And that was, you know, pretty good. We'd have to split whatever he could steal. You know, sometimes it wasn't much. but uh, And then the second reason is because David Mears, uh, one of our... Our, our third buddy his granddaddy lived across behind the church and he had a mule and we on you know we could go ride that mule after church so man there wasn't much better when I was a young boy than you know and a nodhead boy than getting me a chew back and riding a mule man that was a good day you know church day I looked forward to church day you know because <laughs> uh, I lived down a road and there wasn't no, no wasn't no other kids there I mean it was it was me it was me and you know you know, if I could go out in the garden and dig a potato up or something like that, I could throw it at birds. That's about, that was about it. Uh, so revival to me meant that I you know, I got to go every evening and you know, hang out with a couple of friends. It would kind of take the boredom away. And all I had to do was listen to the preacher. That wasn't a bad trade. you know. Listen to the preacher about 20 or 30 minutes, and then, then you're out of there. But wouldn't you know it, man, one summer, man, I got saved. Uh, I don't even remember what he was preaching on I don't even know what the message was but all I know is God tugged on my heart pulled, pulled on me I felt like it was physical I, man, I, I, I got out of that church I didn't go down front that, that, that Sunday morning but I ran all the way home Ran down that dirt road and up the ditch and out under the pear tree by the well. We had well. We didn't have running water when I was a kid. Uh, and and uh, my mama was out by the well under the pear tree. And I ran up to her huffing and puffing. And boy, thank God for mamas, huh? Uh, man, she told me about Jesus. I told her, I said, I said, what happens when you go down in front of the church? And she said, you been wanting to go down there? I said, yeah. I wanted to today. She, and then she told me. What, what happened and what it's all about and told me about Jesus. And there I asked Jesus into my heart and my life, and he changed my life. Thank God for that Holy Spirit that draws and pulls and tugs and, in, a, in, in, in a way that doesn't make any natural sense, but it makes all the spiritual sense in the world. And, and there, 12 years old, 1967, that makes me, let's see how old, whatever old I am. That'll be 68 or so. But uh, 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 there, Jesus Christ became real to me at 12 years old. And since that day, I have never been without that feeling that God was with me. You know, I didn't, I didn't uh, know that uh, what, what, I wasn't the sharpest knife in the bucket. I didn't know I was supposed to change. I didn't really realize it, but I, I felt bad. I should have realized it because every time i do something wrong, I'd feel bad. You know, and uh, uh, other people I were around, they could do the same thing, and they didn't feel bad. And I'd feel bad, and they didn't feel bad, and I was a little bit, you know, concerned. Something was going on, but what it was, it was the Holy Spirit on the inside of me convicting me of the sins that I would choose and do in 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 an attempt to give me a better life, in an attempt to help me to untangle myself from the world and from the from the worry and from all the other uh, problems and 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 things that I would, you know, cause myself if I wasn't real watchful. Well, let me tell you, you know, uh, you can go to heaven. You can go to heaven poor. You can go to heaven stupid. You can go to heaven miserable. You can go to heaven afraid, lazy or crazy. You just can't go to heaven without Jesus. (laughs) A person can be on their way to heaven and living in hell. You can be saved and silly as a goose. And... uh, What people go through in life is not always a choice, though. Uh, And uh, sometimes they find themselves in the midst of a problem. And you don't always get to choose what you go through, but you do get to choose who you are going to be in the middle of the problem. And that's what I learned in life is that problems and pressures and and tribulation and testings and temptations are going to continue to come. But I get to decide who I'm going to be in that scenario. I get to overlay my life over the situation and I can decide who am I going to be in the middle of this problem am I going to be that person that makes it worse because believe me no matter how bad it is you can make it worse or am I going to be the person that gives God a chance it opens the door into what God might be able to do in that moment because I can choose what I want to do who I want to be who I'm going to trust in the middle of every situation Now, I believe in the last days, by the way, that there is going to come a great departure from the faith. I believe that. I believe the Word teaches that the world is going to wax worse and worse. I believe that in the last days there will come a great departure from the faith. I also believe in the last days there will be a great revival. Because that's what God does. You see, God is a God of patterns. And I see both as a pattern of God's revealed plan. That trouble comes and God comes. Trouble comes and God comes. Trouble comes and God comes. People need Him and He shows up. People cry out to Him and He brings revival. That's the plan of God. Let me say it this way. you know, God, God is the God of patterns, but let me say it like this. Uh, what do these things have in common? Tell me what these things have in common. Genesis, the first chapter. Where, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and darkness. And, and, you know, uh, uh, darkness covered the face of the deep. There was chaos. And God said, let there be light. Genesis 1. Noah's ark. Wickedness had covered the world. And God told Noah to build an ark and to preach a message of righteousness for 120 years. And and the ark lifted up those who believed and trusted in him. And carried them and, and, and gave them a new chance in a brand new way. What? What do these things have in common? Job's recovery. You know, Job went through hell. Job went through loss. Job went through pain. Job went through problems. Job went through temptations. He went through everything that you can imagine that a person could go through. And yet in the end of Job's life, God restored to him twice as much as he had ever had. What do these things have in common? Moses delivering the children of Israel from Pharaoh and Egypt. They were in slavery. They were in bondage 430 years. And God came down with a great witness and delivered them with power from their worst enemies and from their nightmares. What do these things have in common? Ezekiel's dry bones. Well, how did those bones get dry? No doubt there was a great problem. Some people imagine it likened unto the Holocaust. All of those dry bones of Israel scattered and yet God had mercy upon them and had grace upon them, had a plan for those dry bones. And as Ezekiel prophesied to those dry bones under the anointing of Almighty God, they began to come together and a great army rose up from those dry bones. What do these things have in common? The day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, by the way, is which it it happens just in two more weeks, all right? On the fourth day of June, it's a Saturday. In the evening at sunset, uh, we will see uh, once again Shavuot the feast of pentecost when sun goes down in jerusalem on saturday the 4th of june in fact keith viator one of our elders told me this morning jesus is coming back that day by the way and i said well that's pentecost that's a good day he said yeah i just heard it like on the internet or from somebody else so i you know, i mean you know he said yeah somebody's got this you know from 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 some 1800s i haven't read it but some prophecy from way back that you know, so long after this last blood red moon and by the way wasn't that a beautiful red moon did you get to see that? I stayed up and watched it, watched the whole thing. It was amazing. But somebody said Jesus is coming back. So I just, I, I, I told Keith, and one of our elders, I said, okay, you know, I'll let the people know that, you know, two weeks from now, Jesus is coming back so they can get ready. So just get ready, okay? Uh, but. You know, on the day of Pentecost, y'all know what had happened. My goodness, there had been, you know, they had been following this man named Jesus of Nazareth for three and a half years. They had been seeing him do wonderful things, and all of the sudden, people began to lie about him. He was arrested, he was beaten. I mean, do you know that Peter was what followed at a great distance? Peter followed Jesus all the way into to, 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 to where the judgment was. You know you have to follow Jesus at a great distance by the way if you don't want it to cost you okay Uh, the only way that your faith and trust in Jesus Christ in this world is not going to cost you is if you follow him at a great distance and that's why Peter followed him at a great distance because he didn't want to pay the price of following him too close hello and three times he was asked aren't you a follower of Jesus and three times he said no. Now, while he was saying no, he was in the courtyard. You know what was going on? Jesus was being lied about. Do you know that, 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 that they said that, that they had hired people to say some very mean and ugly false things about Jesus? And Peter was there listening to Jesus being falsely accused. And Peter never spoke up and said, hold on a second, that's not true. He was just sitting out there, warming himself by the fire, afraid. And they took Jesus across the street. Some of you have been there with me to that very place where Jesus was beaten. All the time, Peter just sitting there. Do you know him? Aren't you one of them? No. uh -uh, no." I mean, this had been a very tragic, a very traumatic time in the life of the disciples and the followers of Christ leading up to this moment it had been horrible it had been so disappointing and then boom here comes the holy spirit i mean amazing what do these things have in common paul and silas in the jail you know uh, in 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 the philippian jail here paul and silas had been stripped naked falsely accused beaten in public dragged into the jail and we'll just be there, by the way, as well. 17 days, I'll show you the jail that he was in. Some of you are going with me there. Not all of you. Of course, all of you could come, but some of you are going with me. And uh, I'll be showing you that Philippian jail where Paul and Silas were dragged into and their feet put in stocks. And, and there they were naked and bruised and battered. And in their midnight hour, they you know, began to pray and sing praises to God and boom here again came something they needed i mean uh, an earthquake and it opened the prison doors and set the captives free and the chains fell off of everyone what what do these things have in common well the future rapture of the church you might say i don't believe in the rapture that's okay you know maybe you won't get to go then because you know i understand that generally you need to believe in it to receive it you know if you don't you got to believe in it for you and believe for it now i actually hope you get to go i'm going okay uh in fact jesus is coming back in my lifetime for me it becomes for no one else but let me tell you uh this is going to be an exciting moment all of the wickedness, all of the terrible things, all of the frustration, aggravation, irritation that this world can offer will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Boom! Wow. I liked that. I like to say that again. But what do all these things have in common? I could go on and on. What do all these things have in common? They are all pictures of revival. They are all pictures of revival. And, and there's so many more. David bringing the ark back to, 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 to Jerusalem and Jonah at Nineveh and Ruth meeting Boaz and Esther going to the king and, and the great light, uh, light that shined around Saul of Tarsus. All of these things are pictures of revival. You see, revival is something that God makes happen. Revival is not something that me and you can make happen. I just want to throw this in there because... You know I have tried to have revival you know it was my model it was my pattern and I have tried to work up revival I have tried to make it happen and I have seen moves of God and I have seen people get saved and I have seen waves of God's blessing on my attempts and on our attempts but I'm telling you that the revival that God has coming for each one of you is a sovereign move of God. Revival is a sovereign move of God. Now you might be thinking again when I use the word revival that I'm talking about filling up the churches and I'm talking about you know people pouring into the house of God. That is not what I'm talking about this morning. Everything that I have talked in every story, every Bible story from, from creation to, You know, until the rapture of the church is a picture of revival. Revival is not something that we can prescribe. Revival is something that we can only describe after it happens because all that you can do is be ready and prepared for what God wants to do. Revival is a sovereign move of God. It's something that God makes happen. It's on God's shoulder. The scriptures tell us, That God has a set time to favor Zion. There is a set time. And that he will suddenly come to his temple. Listen, God is a God of timing. God is a God that's going to do something. And he's going to do something in the earth with or without me. God, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make myself or you feel insignificant that's not the story but the story is is that god has a plan and he's going to succeed and he gives me a chance to participate that it, it is not true that 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 god is you know uh, that god needs me and only me to make this happen because i do know that with or without me god is going to have his way I can participate or I can spectate. I can be ready to run or I can sit down and do nothing. God is going to do what God is going to do. He has a set time. Now I'm so glad that he offers me an opportunity to participate. I'm so glad that I have a chance to be involved in what God is doing. Each one of the great revival events in the Bible were on God's calendar from the foundation of the world now we're going to shift gears here in just a moment but i want you to realize that everything that we have talked about today from noah and the ark to jonah and nineveh to esther everything that we have talked about today pentecost was on god's calendar from before the foundation of the world we were in christ the bible says before the foundation of the world God has a plan. He's not just running this haphazardly. He's not just wondering what He's going to do. With Jonah, you know, when Jonah was thrown overboard, God had already prepared a great fish. It was not that God had to look around for a fish or that God had to all of a sudden create one. God had prepared that great fish. You will never throw God a curveball. God is always ready for anything that you're going to do. He is prepared. He was prepared before the foundation of the world. He knows the number of the hairs on your head we have talked about. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to. He knows what you're going to do. Do, and He is prepared to bring revival in your life. You have a destiny, a set time. Almighty God already has it on His calendar when He is going to grant you reprieve, when He's going to deliver you, when He's going to bless you, when He's going to overwhelm you with the next good and wonderful moment of deliverance and increase. God is hearing your prayers. He said to Zacharias when Zachariah was there in the temple praying, I have heard your prayers. He said, said to Moses I have heard their prayers and I'm come down to deliver them there is a set time and it not only is a set time for nations not only is there a set time for generations but there is a set time for every individual almighty God is going to visit you in the future not just once but he has again and again your next moment of revival already on his calendar it's a God thing. Will you be ready for it? Will you? Each one of these great revival events, as I said, was on God's calendar long before they happened, along with every resurrection that you have ever faced. I do not know your personal story, but just like the story of Bishop Steve Kibiri, God had a resurrection plan for that man. In fact, I have seen God deal with his life, resurrecting him more than one time in his life since I have known him in the past few decades. I have seen God in many of your lives give you a personal resurrection from a place where you were in a hole. As David said, my feet were in the miry clay. I was in a deep, dark place. And Almighty God, he brought me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he put a new song in my heart. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, a revival came to David. God has a revival. How many times has God given you a revival? How many times has God showed up as only God can? How many times has God decided that this is the moment I'm going to change that? This is the moment I'm going to call that person. This is the moment I'm going to make myself real to them. This is the moment I'm going to restore their relationship. This is the moment I'm going to bless their business. This is the moment that I'm going to grant peace in their family, joy in their heart. This is the moment I'm going to deliver them how many times has God granted you a resurrection and along with every resurrection you have ever faced and every resurrection you will yet face in this life let me tell you it is a God thing God loves you and cares about you more than you could ever struggle to earn more than ever, ever ever you could impress him to bless you God already loves you more than you could ever pay Him back for. Psalms, the 30th chapter, says this in verse 5, For His anger is but for a moment, His favor is for life. Wow, I love that. You see, one moment of favor is worth a thousand days of labor. One moment of God's favor on your life will change everything. It doesn't take God but one second today. Today could be the day. You don't know what you're facing. You could be on your way home, and before you get home, end up a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire. You don't know what could happen. You could fall into the most blessed moment, the most blessed relationship, the most blessed situation. You do not know who God is speaking your name to behind the scenes. You cannot imagine what just one moment of favor can do. Joseph found out just one moment of favor took him from a prison to the palace. Just one moment of favor over and over from Genesis all the way to Revelation. All it took was that one moment of favor that God had already on his calendar and we walk into as people. God was not so impressed with the the nation of Israel he said I didn't do this because you're good because you're not I didn't do this because you're better than other nations. You're not. I didn't do this because you're bigger than other nations. You're not. I didn't do this for you because you're pleasing. Because you're not. You're stubborn. I did this because I love you. I love you. God so loved the world. God loved me while I was yet a sinner. And he loved me. That's why I love him back. Because while I was yet in my sin... He brought revival to my life. He restored me, He resurrected me, He saved my soul. He filled me with His Spirit and He gave me a heart to please Him thank you, Lord. I didn't earn it. I couldn't buy it. There's nothing I could do. Simon the sorcerer, there in the middle of the revival in Samaria, he said, can I buy the gift of the Holy Spirit? You you make a mistake thinking that you can buy something that God will give you freely. You cannot buy a gift, and God's love is a gift. Today he has it for you. Where his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's the testimony of God's word. That's the testimony of David, who went through so many things, is that God has a revival for you. You may be in a moment of difficulty, you may be in a moment of pressure, you may be in a moment of pain, you may be in a moment where you're having problems, but let me tell you, this moment is not the end of the story. This moment does not tell the whole story don't begin to think that you're at the end of the story you're not at the end of the story and neither is anyone that you talk to today neither is anyone that you see today don't think for one moment that the person that you are most upset with most aggravated most irritated with is at the end of the story this relationship does not have to be the end of the story you are in the middle of the story because God is yet God and he has a planned revival in your life a planned resurrection. Verse 2 of Psalms 30 says, O oh Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. That is a part of our responsibility, is to keep our communication with God ongoing, to keep the channels of communication, crying out, praying to God, calling upon his name. He said, I have heard the cry of my people. That's why he came down cry out to God. If you are in a place of need, if you're in a place to where you are, you, you are trapped, you're in a hole or you're in a situation, a circumstance, sickness, disease, worry, problems in the relationships, finances, cry out to God. No doubt God already has a resurrection on the calendar for you, but you can prepare your own heart to make the most out of what God wants for you. If you will cry out to Him, He will heal you. Verse 11 in Psalms 30 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Wow. He will turn your mourning into dancing. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on life. Don't give up uh, because you're in the middle of a hole in a deep, miry uh, a pit. with, with you know, uh, Clay is holding your feet captive don't give up don't give up if you're in egypt in bondage to pharaoh as a slave don't give up whenever they take away your your straw and and you got to make bricks anyway don't give up in the middle of a bad moment god's not going to give up god didn't give up whenever the world was dark and without form and 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 chaos was ever god didn't give up he's not going to give up on you even when your life is 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 without form and void and darkness covers the face of your life god's Not going to give up on you. Bad days turn to good days in the hand of the Lord, and the greatest revivals ever known to mankind was the reviving of the body of Christ at the resurrection of our Lord. I believe that the church will follow the same pattern, God's a God of patterns, as the body of Christ did in the last days of Jesus on the earth. I believe the church will go through that same thing. And I believe. Not only in the great departure from the faith, but I believe in the great resurrection. I believe that Almighty God still has a plan. Uh, You may not always be able to prescribe what God will do, but one thing for certain, one day you will be able to describe what He did. One day you will be able to see what God did. You're on your way to your next resurrection. You're on your way to your revival, a planned revival that God has for you. Will you participate? Will you embrace it? Will you allow it? Because God has offered revival for so many people, and yet many say no. Do you know the whole world today? Though they are in sin, yet God would save every soul that would say yes to their personal resurrection, yes to their personal revival. He will still do that today. Miracles happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to leave you with three things are you ready here are my three conclusions today my three takeaways from all the stories of revival that I found in the word number one thing is God has predetermined the success of his children God has predetermined your success it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when you know he is in control of the future god is in control of the future and he will continue to offer you opportunity to participate with him he will continue to offer you a chance to go with him but he has predetermined your success success by the way is only measured in the eyes of god it's not measured in your bank account a man's wealth does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses it's not measured in how many people you bring to the lord noah preached for 120 years without one single convert success is pleasing god in the midst of your moment in a difficult situation surrounded by wickedness and trouble and all the sin success is pleasing god and god has predetermined the success of his children he's going to continue to give you chance after chance resurrection opportunity after resurrection opportunity revival after revival a chance for you revival brings results that's number two what are the results of revival well you know i was raised hearing that 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 you haven't had revival unless souls are saved well let me let me clarify from the word of god that all the revivals we have seen have brought various and different results there was order brought to chaos in Genesis 1, there was deliverance for the children of Israel from slavery in, 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 in Egypt. There was victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was salvations on the day of Pentecost. Uh, revival brings whatever is needed, whatever God wants to do in your life. That will be the results of revival, and God has plans for a revival in your life. What am I hoping that you will take away from here today? I'm hoping you will take away some hope. I'm hoping you will take away the reality that you are on a collision course with something good from God, with God offering you a revival, with God offering you a resurrection, with God offering you a blessing, with God offering you an opportunity to get out of your last worst trouble, your last worst mistake, or the problem someone else has caused for you. God has a plan for revival in your life. And number three, God most often demands that we participate in our miracles. You know, Job had to keep trusting God. He had to participate in his miracle. Only God knew when it was going to happen. Only God knew how it was going to happen. God knew it was going to happen. And Job's part was to keep trusting God. Paul and Silas sang and prayed in their midnight hour. You know, that's what we need to do, sing and pray. We need to keep our communication open with God in our midnight hours, in our difficult times, in the situations. Whether it's something bad that's happened to us or whether we've just gone through a dry patch in life, revival means to to offer to us, God offers to us a chance to participate and to give us what we need. We need to be prepared. The disciples and the believers on the day of Pentecost were all in one place in one accord. That makes a difference. Unity makes a difference. Striving for unity and striving to be together. There's something powerful, the Bible says, when we come together in the name of Jesus. And the church, by the way, in the future, whenever God brings this great revival called the rapture of the body of Christ. When he resurrects the body of Christ, uh, no doubt from the Word, the church will be busy preaching the gospel and meeting needs all the way up to the time that Jesus comes. Amen? That's what we're doing. Today, let me encourage you to know that God has a revival for you. He has a plan to meet you and to bring what you need in your moment. He's he's looking over you. His eyes are over you and his ears are open to your prayers. What can you do to participate with God and to get ready for your next revival? Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.